All right. Now that we're fed. Yes. <laughs> well fed and ready for a nap. We're back. Yes. guys for diet riot diet riot podcast we're coming at you today we're gonna talk about gluten gluten just a oh gosh that just reminded me have you seen that jimmy kimmel yes <laughs> i love yes. it so much so for those of you not familiar you should google jimmy kimmel and gluten i think it's probably all you need yes and he goes out on the street it's like a street interview of yes. people and he goes what is gluten and people come up with the most hilarious has answers. No one knows what it is. And it's so, so funny. Yes. He has great videos like that. <laughs> also, if you watch South Park, there's a whole episode about gluten. Really? It's so funny. so inappropriate. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my gosh. I want to find it. It's I don't love South Park, but so... I, would, I feel like I would like that. They're like I mean... making fun of people that are gluten sensitive or whatever they i mean it's inappropriate but i feel like we could we could we can say bad words on this yeah we're adult we're adult lady women people yes we can say whatever we want it's our podcast my kid is napping so this was when the ebola epidemic was going on do you remember that four years ago so they talk about gluten Chicken nuggets, breaded, frozen burritos, flour, ice cream. What about ice cream? I don't know. Look at the ingredients. Heavy cream, sugar, chocolate syrup. No, ice cream's good for you. <laughs> oh, my God. And That's then hilarious. they... Ice um, cream's good for you. There's been a lot of confusion yes. about gluten lately. People saying that gluten is the cause of cancer, gluten should be avoided, gluten can make your dick fly off, but let's set the record straight. Make your dick fly off? <laughs> Gosh. Yes. So those that's, that's amazing. Also, this 30 second clip I saw this movie, This is the end. I saw it with another dietitian. Uh-huh. And it it was just Look, amazing if you that we had this. Gluten, you'd feel way fucking better all day. Whenever you feel shitty, that's because of gluten. That's not true. Who it the is. fuck told you not to eat gluten? It's just true. You don't even know what gluten I know is. What fucking gluten is? No, you have no idea. <laughs> I what do know what gluten is. Gluten's <laughs> a vague term. It's 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 something that's used to categorize things that are bad. You know, calories. That's a gluten. Fat. That's a gluten. <laughs> Somebody just told you you probably shouldn't what? eat gluten. You're like, oh, I guess I shouldn't eat gluten. Gluten eats bad shit, man, and I'm not eating it. <laughs> and then they go to In and Out Burger. <laughs> this is the end. You've never seen this no. is the end. Okay, well, that's hilarious. There's a lot gluten of. It's just a vague term for anything that's bad for you. Yeah, <laughs> calories, gluten. Yeah, so there's a lot of misconception about what gluten is. Yeah. Um. So first off, gluten is a protein. It's found in malt, barley, rye, wheat, um, a lot of different grains. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it is just a protein, my that's friend. All it is. That's all it is. You don't need to just categorize anything bad as gluten. <laughs> yes. And it's not going to kill everyone. No. No. Nope. Definitely not everyone. Nope. Likely not even a few people. Like, you have to yeah. have a lot of, even with celiac, you yeah, probably you have to have a lot for it to really kill you. To, kill, to, <laughs> to legitimately kill you. cause cancer in my body. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, gluten has gotten quite the bad rap. And it has. people, and it's also become like a fad diet, gluten, uh-huh. going gluten free. 
Um, I think for one of the reasons why it's gotten to be this way is because celiac disease or non-celiac gluten sensitivity or whatever you want to call it. Gluten intolerant. Yeah, gluten intolerant. Um, all have really weird, obscure symptoms that could mm-hmm. be caused by glu- being gluten intolerant, or it could be caused by something else. Well, right, yeah. That's oh the hard. Gosh. That's yes. the hard thing about diagnosing. It could it. be anything. <laughs> it so could be anything. It, could, it literally could be anything. But there's like the obvious symptoms, which is like bloating, diarrhea, gas, even constipation. Yep. Um, like any sort of GI issues, which a could be irritable bowel, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is such an annoying term, but it could be, or it could be celiac or one of those. But it could be also just, you could be, have a lactose intolerance. Like, there's so many things. But So there's the mm-hmm. obvious symptoms. But then there's really weird ones, like rashes. Yeah, some people get rashes. I think it's, like, fog. a small amount of people get rashes. Yeah. yeah. Um, itchy scalp. Like, really weird. You know what one of my big symptoms was yeah. of celiac disease that I didn't know was a symptom until I got diagnosed? Um, canker sores. I would what? always get canker sores in, the, in my mouth. That's so weird. And... You know, especially, like, when I was younger and had braces. But then, it like, it never got better. You know, like, I got yeah. my braces removed, and I was like, why am I still getting canker sores in my That's mouth crazy. all the time? They're so painful. Yeah. The moment I got diagnosed and went gluten-free, I have not had a canker sore since. That's so Isn't weird. that a weird symptom? Didn't know that was a symptom. Never canker sores. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Well, no it idea. is, like, a lot of weird skin stuff. I mean, it's definitely yeah. one... Um, trying to think of like brain fog they always talk about tiredness yeah. which is so vague it's like brain fog everyone who hasn't had a cup of coffee <laughs> yeah <laughs> and tired like that could tired. be iron deficiency anemia your thyroid like i mean <laughs> your hormones your it could be so many things or you're just tired because it you, you didn't went sleep to bed at 2 <laughs> hand raising yeah so yeah so here's the difference between testing for celiac and then testing for like other things yeah. so to get diagnosed with celiac disease, Which, technically, hey, real quick, just in case any of you don't know, Brooke has celiac disease. Yes. Bonafide, verified, for real yes. people. Mayo okay. Clinic diagnosis. <laughs> um, so how the diagnosis works is, so if you go into a GI doctor, gastroenterologist, and you tell them your symptoms, if they think it's a possibility, they'll do, run a blood test quick. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are getting this blood test done, you want to still be eating gluten. Because if you yeah. stop eating gluten, your blood test is going to come back normal. Right. Okay, So you should still be eating a normal diet, just like standard American diet or whatever your n- normal diet is before you get tested. They do the blood test. Um, I believe it's... Actually, um, when I got tested, they were like, make sure to load up on gluten yeah. like a few days before. A few days before. Yep. So if you don't typically eat gluten, but when you do, you feel sick... Eat it right before your blood test. Yeah. If you, you want to be tested, and this is like, I'm going to go into this a little bit later, but you don't have to be diagnosed with it. Right. To get right. It. If, but anyways. Yeah. yeah. And again, when I got diagnosed, nobody knew what celiac disease was and nobody sure. knew what gluten was. So like, I didn't have this pressure of like getting diagnosed. Uh-huh. I was just like, I'm really sick. What's, What's wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> um, they did the blood test. It was um, IgA and IgM or IgG. I'll have to look that up. Um, yeah. So it's... It's an immune response. It's a blood test um, to your body essentially like attacking its health. And so my blood test came back really elevated. And and all that really triggers is that you have some sort of autoimmune disorder. Like it doesn't necessarily mean like it's gluten. Likely, but. Right. Yep. So it's just saying like something is wrong in your body. You have something autoimmune. When you have like um, rheumatoid arthritis, they'll check for that. Oh, yeah. And that would be 
elevated as well. So, yep. So it's a, it's a really easy blood test. And then, um, if that comes back positive, then the standard, the gold standard of diagnosis is, uh, an upper endoscopy so that they can, um, biopsy your small intestine. And so what they do is they just put you under, yeah, it was easy. They just put you under and then they stick a scope, um, down your throat and then they take a little piece of your small intestine and test it. Um, so it's actually not, not a bad procedure because you're on some heavy, (laughs) good drugs, (laughs) but, um, that's the gold standard to getting diagnosed with celiac. Uh Now, again, I mean, if you are so sick and you're seeing a GI doctor and they think you have it, like... It is good to get a diagnosis because then you know, like, why you're so sick. Um, other people we know, you know, have, you know, gluten intolerance where they, know, they've cut it out and they felt way better. The hard thing about that is a lot of foods with gluten, you're not going to feel great after eating. Right. So the hard thing for me about that diagnosis is... Um, like if I load up on pasta, even if it's gluten-free pasta, if I load up on gluten-free pasta and gluten-free bread, I'm probably going to feel really tired afterwards yep. and like not great. Like a high carbo load. Yeah. If I load up on gluten-free brownies, yeah. I'm probably not going to feel good. Sure. So it's just, it's hard. Um, it is hard because gluten is found in a lot of unhealthy foods. And right. so if you are loading up on those foods all the time and that's all yeah, you're like eating. Heavily, like baked goods, fried goods, like right. typically have gluten in them. So like all of your... All of your typical bread products are going to have gluten in them. And although bread in itself isn't bad for you, a lot of the bread that's out there is very heavily processed, mm-hmm. fried, like, you know, like Tons high, of additives. Yes. Tons of sugar added. Yeah. Typically are not going to be making you feel the best anyways. It's like donuts. I don't have gluten issues. If I eat a donut, I enjoy it thoroughly. Sometimes it's <laughs> worth it. But I, I do love feel donuts. <laughs> yes. And gluten-free donuts. Yeah. I love them. Oh my gosh. I get so excited to eat donuts because I get them like once a year, once every two years maybe I have a donut. I had them at my baby shower that Alyssa threw me and I ate like four little donuts that day and it was like the best. (laughs) But I felt felt not good after that because I also had gluten-free cake (laughs) that day. It was a good day. It was a good day. I like loaded up on sugar and it was all gluten-free. And worth so like it. it's fine. It was but. worth it in the day because it was a you know a celebration, but also I felt awful. Like, yeah. That night, <laughs> like I, because yeah. I'm not used to eating that much sugar. But, um, so I think the main thing to focus on is is it the protein itself that's making you sick? Right. Is it an allergic reaction? Your body's like right. actually having an immune response to it, or is it just like hey, I've eaten a lot of crap and it, this is how I feel and I eat a lot of right. crap. So, and I think something else that's interesting. So I have several people in my life that have celiac or yeah, like your te- mom. My mom just got diagnosed with celiac at fifty-two years yes. old or something, which is crazy. Um, also, my sister has—we think she has celiac, but so she went down the route of getting rid of gluten before she was tested mm. for it. Yeah. And she might be non-celiac gluten sensitive, but she definitely has a response, which is fine. Whatever you listen to your body, and so she's given up gluten for several years now. But both of them, I would say. We're having cramping, diarrhea, bloating, um, or like issues, like GI issues, mm-hmm. didn't know that they were issues because they've literally lived with it for so long. Yes. So like my sister-in-law, I remember asking her, do you feel bloated? No, I don't feel bloated. Like I don't feel bloated over time. You don't know. And the reason she didn't was because she was actually constantly bloated. Mm-hmm. So she didn't know what it felt like to be bloated because she was always bloated. She thought that was right. her like 
ground zero, like her set point. Mm -hmm. So once she gave up gluten, was feeling better, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I have to ask her, I don't even know if she noticed the bloating go away, but she had her set point and then she'd eat gluten and she'd be like, oh my God, I'm so bloated. Like I mm -hmm. feel so uncomfortable. So then she got to learn what those symptoms were. So sometimes it's really hard. You're trapped in a cycle of your all because if you're eating gluten constantly, like three times a day or four times a day or whatever, mm -hmm. and you're, you're going to be having constant symptoms. Right. So it's really hard to ever feel relief unless you go on like a detox or diet or something without it. You're not going to notice a difference necessarily. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, another hard thing is like, okay, let's say somebody um, goes paleo or right. whole 30 or just says like, I'm going to cut out gluten. If you go from a diet of pizza and bread and pasta, let's say you go from that's like your norm. Yeah. And then you go to eating only fruits, vegetables, and meats. Yeah. Guess what? You're going to feel better. Totally. Like I can guarantee you. Yeah. And it could, it could be that you, your body just does better without gluten. Or it could be that you cut or out eating you cut out processed high junk, fiber protein, foods, and now you're eating fruits and vegetables. Foods, yeah, yeah. So it it is it is a really Tricky it's thing. a hard gray area, and I don't think that there's like necessarily a a right or wrong answer. Right. But I think people a lot of times just jump to it's it's gluten. It's the protein <laughs> that's causing me to Gluten's get sick. Everything that's bad. Yeah, and then they don't like realize like oh maybe it's the fact that it's the pizza. And like right. maybe it's the cheese on the, the pizza, and I'm lactose, added sugar, or whatever. Yeah. It so it's so it's hard. Things. It's so hard. It's hard. And this is like you can. This is kind of like a fine line. I don't recommend anyone go gluten free if they don't need to, because mm -hmm. there are some really good benefits for eating foods that have gluten in them, and it gives you another source of carbohydrate and protein. So it it is a little bit harder for people that have a very bread heavy diet mm -hmm. to go to a gluten-free diet and doing it in a way that's healthy, quote unquote, or like in a way that's actually eating real foods. Cause you could go from eating whole balanced foods, including bread or grains, mm -hmm. thinking you have a gluten intolerance and then immediately go to eating only French fries. And guess what? That's a gluten-free diet. <laughs> French fries are gluten-free, right. but that's not going to do your body any good. Right. So you need to be able to make that shift into like a gluten-free diet in a way that's still meeting all of your needs. The other thing about gluten-free is I think a lot of people just assume like gluten-free pizza and gluten-free bread yes. are healthier yes. than like regular bread. It's not. Totally. So it's, it's not. Typically it has more additives. Like if usually you've ever looked at the ingredient list, it's usually longer than right. like a list that is like a normal gluten, like brownies. I remember someone bringing gluten-free brownies because they were quote unquote healthier. And I was like, oh, no, 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 these are not healthier. Right. It's trying to find seven different things where one thing could have substituted. Right. And they do like seven different things to make it taste okay. They usually have to increase the sugar, increase the fat right. to get it to taste okay to you because it doesn't, because gluten makes things taste way, really good. Way better. I know. I don't want to <laughs> brag in front of Brooke, but it's like so way good. <laughs> way better. No, it's true. So I think people just assume like, oh, if I go to a restaurant and order the gluten-free pizza, it's going to be healthier for me. Yes. A, it's not. B, it's more expensive. And C, it's smaller. So like, <laughs> I'm going to just stop you right there. Um, it's so not really financially worth it. Like, no. No. Jesse and I went to Papa Murphy's this week. And my gluten-free, gluten yeah, my gluten-free, like, bacon, chicken, <sighs> pizza 
was more expensive than two large Supreme oh normal gosh. pizzas. Wow. Yeah, so keep it so like... don't do it. It's very expensive. Or even just gluten-free bread. So my mom's celiac, yes. so I buy gluten-free bread for her sometimes when she gets it's over like there. It's like $5 for a small frozen loaf. Well, and it's tiny. Like that, a small loaf. That's the thing. Yes. It's like, I buy like nice bread that's like five bucks, <laughs> but it's, it's huge. huge. And it lasts forever. It's going to feed you and Josh and Aiden. I only ever need one slice at a time. Like yes. hers are like these tiny little squares and it's... Nice that she has the option because she's still relatively new to the game. So I feel yeah. like when you're new celiac, you kind of do a lot of substitutions like I that. I did. And then yeah. eventually you get to the point where Brooke's at where it's like, we don't even do that. Like, it's not worth our money. It's not it's worth not our worth time. It's not worth the money sometimes. It doesn't yeah. fill me up. It doesn't taste good. Like, it's not worth it. I'll just stick with a different carbohydrate source. Right. And honestly, when I got diagnosed, um, so nobody really knew what it was. I was 21. I was in college. And I was like, oh, I'm going to probably lose weight when I do that. Like, I really thought, I was like, I'm going to probably lose like five or 10 pounds because I'm going to eat gluten-free. And I didn't know what it was. Nobody knew what it was. So then I just like went to the grocery store and guess what? I just shopped. I still ate pasta. I just got gluten-free pasta. I still ate bread. I just got gluten-free bread. I still ate pancakes, waffles, brownies, cookies. I still literally ate everything I would have normally ate. I just got a gluten-free, and guess what? I did not lose a pound. I did not gain a pound. I was, like, the exact same. Yeah. I just wasn't sick. You so, for better. me, it was yeah. great because, like, right. I was not sick. But secretly, like, a little bit on the inside, I was a little disappointed because I was, like, I feel uh-huh. like I should, like, probably lose weight. But That's interesting because I feel like, too, it, it also makes sense to gain weight when you're no longer – like, when you realize that you're still, like – because some people get right. super underweight – because they're in the bathroom all the time or whatever. Right. Or they're afraid. Like, some people have so much pain when they eat. And I don't think you got to this point that no. I know of, but people were afraid to eat. So they stopped. I think my sister kind of got to that point where she's like, I'm just not going to eat anything. I don't feel good. Nothing makes me feel good. Like, I think I remember her saying in high school she would eat candy, like, at school because it was glu- probably gluten-free. Yeah. And she's like, I can eat that. And so it was like, you almost eat less because you're afraid or people yeah. are in the bathroom all the time. like So with my mom, which is really interesting, so she's, I think she's 52. I don't know, And mom, she's tiny. You? She's so tiny. And she's always been small. She's definitely just small framed. Yes. But she has had a really hard time putting weight on. Yeah. And her other, so her only symptoms for celiac were having trouble putting weight on, which had been her whole life. I mean, I don't yeah. want to say this is just recent. It had been kind of her whole for life. For a while, yeah. And the other thing is anemic. She oh, was yeah. very anemic for a very long time, even I when was she was too. supplementing. Yeah. I was too, yeah. And so they, that's one of the reasons why they even tested her. Um, they were actually testing everything. <laughs> and so they just were like, well, we do all these other things and you're already going under. Right. We might as well do this as well. So um, she was anemic and that was like her number one symptom because mm-hmm. the weight had always been an issue that she struggles with. And so it was really just anemia. And she was supplementing with iron and it wasn't going up. And mm-hmm. so, and then she got diagnosed, which is so crazy. So she's kind of on this like long healing. But for journey. her, so when she got diagnosed, her microvilli in her small intestine, yes. it was worse Shot. than when I got diagnosed. Yeah. So they caught mine earlier than they caught your mom's. Yeah. And so that's part of the reason. So like, had I gone on for five years longer undiagnosed, I probably would have started losing weight right. due to diarrhea all the time. Malabsorption. Yeah. <laughs> and malabsorption. So and steatorrhea, yeah, which is yeah. when there is, yeah, just it's Google when your poop floats basically because you yeah. got a lot of fat and grease in your poop. Just Google it, but that was that was 
That was what was going on with me. Just go ahead and like Google image it. Yeah. Okay. Google image steatorrhea and do yourself a favor. That is my symptom. But had it had I gone on like for a long time with that, I would have started losing weight and not in a good way. I it would have been because my body was not absorbing Absorbing. and nourishing the needs. Yes. And then you start to lose a ton of fat. You're not able to absorb the fat, and then your vitamins aren't being absorbed. Right. All your vitamins are actually off. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's something. So what we're kind of talking about here is when you're continually eating something you're allergic to, like gluten, um, it starts to rip away and shred your microvilli in your small intestine, which are the tiny little finger things that are coming out of your small intestine that increases the surface area of your small intestine so that the absorption um, ability of your small intestine is really large. It can absorb a lot of things that you're eating. So when you have celiac disease um, and you keep eating gluten, it's scratching and bothering those microvilli and they start to flatten out and disappear. And then you're not able to absorb as much, which causes increase in diarrhea and steatorrhea. And just malabsorption in general. So even if your mom didn't have those symptoms, she still wasn't absorbing things. Exactly. So you don't necessarily have to have those symptoms. Which causes, you know, weight loss, like Mm -hmm. any sort of micronutrient um, and vitamin deficiencies. So when your mom started eating gluten-free, she started gaining weight, which was good for her because A, she was small, but B... It meant that her body was finally absorbing mm-hmm. nutrients, and she's probably not, I assume, not anemic anymore. Um, she's she might... getting tested next okay. week, so I'll let you know. I'll yeah. Let you know. She's going back to the doctor to get tested, so hopefully that's gotten better. It has been a longer journey for her than most because I think she's older, and it went on for so long without mm-hmm. being caught. So she, so her and I are working really hard on her gut health, which has been really fun for me because one of my favorite yeah. topics is gut, gut health like of all things. So I have her on a ton, a ton of stuff, and I think it is getting better, but it's slow. It's really, really yeah. slow, and it's hard to build up your gut health from nothing. So mm-hmm. it's like it's such a long process, and it can be so frustrating. And gut health food is not my mom's favorite food. She has like an issue with the smell and stuff, which I get. Yeah. Fermented food. Does she do Isn't kombucha? Does she yeah. Like, okay. She good. doesn't like it. <gasps> what? I know. She's. I crazy. had some kombucha today, and it's so good. I love kombucha. She like I love it. She's tolerating it. Oh, it's so delicious. She's also only able to drink like one fourth a day. And I was like, mom, you have to push past this. And she's like, I just hate it so much. So she's been mixing it with like apple juice or orange juice. I want to start making my own. Uh, Beth is doing that. Yeah. Or no, she's making her own kefir, water kefir. Yeah. I would love to make my own booch. That'd be so cool. I don't think I should be making my own when I'm pregnant though. Probably not. I think. No. When I'm not pregnant, yes. which will be very soon. <laughs> very I will. Soon. That's what I'm going to do on maternity leave. Oh my gosh. Hey y'all, Brooke's just going to be knitting, <laughs> learning how to knit and making kombucha. Like, like, like I live in so Boulder. <laughs> I'm going to become a hippie and move to Boulder. I would love to make my own boots. And so, I'll fit in because I'm, I'm eating gluten-free. Yeah. So, and so is everyone sorry else. to everybody that lives in Boulder. We're not really that sorry. They probably don't listen. Definitely not. <laughs> because... I don't know. <laughs> they probably think their phones have cancer or something. Oh, dear. <laughs> Anyways, um, my other friend, a friend of ours, makes their own water kefir, and he says it, it produces so fast they can't drink enough of it. Wow. So I asked, I was like, you should just give it to me because it, it's yeah. so much easier than doing starting it yourself. So, But he says it's so easy. The problem is vacation. What do you oh. do with it when you leave? Like it literally keeps fermenting and then it goes bad uh, or it literally like overproduces and you're in Hawaii. Well, if we have like a dog sitter, <laughs> we'll just like add that to the list. Hey guys. 
can instead you of watering a dog plants, and our kombucha thanks yeah that's hilarious i mean that's so it's funny. not a big stretch we do live in colorado yeah okay I'm not going to make it through this podcast. I have to pee. Yeah. Well, I think we should wrap up anyway because... Wait, no. Hold on. Because okay. I got more to say. And I'm back. Um, so I did want to just touch on... We kind of already talked about this a little bit, but I want to touch on... It's very important if you do think that you have celiac disease, which is very rare, by the way. It's like 1% of the population. It's like 1 in 130. Oh. If I remember right. <laughs> wow. She just, that was like... That is not even written down. No, she that's a real that. statistic from yeah. Brooke's brain. From Brooke's brain. I want to say it's like one in 131 people or something. Yeah. Now I got to Google it. It's like a small percentage. But if you do think you have celiac, it is important to get tested for it. Um, and diagnosed from a doctor. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> it's important to get diagnosed um, and tested by a doctor just because it is causing pretty significant damage to your body. So it's good to know because that never goes away. You can't. I don't think we talked about that. You can't heal it. You can't fix it. It's not like once you're back on track, you can start introducing gluten again. There is no cure. It's an autoimmune disorder that you have for life. And so it is important to know if you truly have celiac. Now, with that being said... It's one in 133. Dang, girl. I was close. One th- I said 131. All right. Okay. Well, we forgive you. Hear it. I Diet, digress. Right? Okay. <laughs> um, so it is important to get actually tested. That being said, if you think you have a gluten sensitivity and not necessarily celiac, which is also common. I think a lot of people get kind of made fun of for that. Like when they say that they have a gluten sensitivity, it is very real. So... Mm-hmm. What I learned in college, and I think this is still true, um, is that basically gluten, when it breaks down the protein of gluten, there's like 22 pieces to it or something like that. And we can only test celiac against 11 of them. So you can still have quote unquote celiac disease. We just don't have a specific enough test to test for it. But those are the most common ones that they find an issue Mm -hmm. with. And I don't know, that's not exact, but something along those lines. So you can absolutely still have a sensitivity to gluten without having celiac disease. So there's nothing wrong or unsafe about taking gluten out of your diet. Right. It's not going to harm you. It's not going to harm you to take it out. As As long as you're like eating, I would say, try to eat fruits and vegetables and get like good carbs and proteins (laughs) and fats and still carbohydrates. We're not talking about just taking out an entire food group of your diet, but substituting something like rice. Yeah, you can put rice on, yeah. So many things. So um, you do have to do it for like six to eight weeks, though, to see a difference. Um, It's not like an immediate, like, oh, the next day I feel better. So if you do have, like for you, do you remember how long it took you to feel better? I felt better really quickly within a week. Wow. I was like not having the symptoms, but I was having really severe symptoms when I got diagnosed. Yeah. Like... Every day I would like, I would have to leave class and I'd be in the, in the bathroom all the time. And the bloating was the worst. Like it'd be out to my boobs. <sighs> like my that. small intestine l- literally like it would be bloating out to my boobs. Like that's how far my stomach would be blo- bloated. Boob yeah. And so for me, those symptoms immediately, like pretty much went away. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's great. Although I would sometimes when I was early on, I would still get contaminated going out to mm-hmm. eat or I wasn't reading ingredients super well Mm -hmm. and so i would eat something with like malted barley because it said like it didn't say yeah like totally malted barley yeah like those so i would like miss things and then i would get sick but that's a good trick though to tell them i mean malted is a word you've taught me that like on ingredient level ingredient Mm -hmm. labels can be like barley or wheat or Mm -hmm. rye or something so malted is a good word to look for in the ingredients if you're not sure if it has gluten-free it's always safest to look for something that's labeled gluten-free 
but you're not going to find that on everything. Yeah. Like, and then, bananas don't right. specifically say, and right. yet they are. The other thing is, like, if you do go undiagnosed with celiac long term, it mm-hmm. can cause cancer. Yeah. It can cause a lot of other serious issues. So um, that's why I think if, if you really are concerned you have it, I think it is good to get a diagnosis. Yes. Because, again, like, if it goes undiagnosed for 20 or 30 years, like, you can get cancer in your gut and die <laughs> like so it's just like but if you catch it and you and you treat it by eating gluten-free like now I'm not any higher risk than like you to get right. gut cancer yeah. so um, and the other thing too is it is associated with other diseases as well so like my mom yeah. now has been also diagnosed with a thyroid disorder um which is common yes Hashimoto's celiac. and thyroid issues yeah yes. or lactose intolerance is also really common mm-hmm. when you also yes. have that so they thought I had that and I was like oh no <laughs> dear I god I need cheese I was from Wisconsin's not oh, it. Thank God I didn't yeah. have that. I was like real worried. So and your basic risk just if you have any autoimmune disorder to get another autoimmune disorder in your life is high as well. Higher, yes. not high. Type one diabetes is also yes, more type common. One. Rheumatoid arthritis. Uh-huh. Those are all things. Um the other thing I learned recently, so our baby has been diagnosed with Down syndrome. And Down syndrome is very common with celiac disease. So, <laughs> really? Yes. So our child is like 100% going to have oh, celiac disease. I see what you're saying. Like I thought if you, you meant you have a high risk of having a Down syndrome baby because oh, of that. And I was like, really? No, okay. no. So, so have my syndrome. baby has Down syndrome. Down syndrome is associated with high risk for celiac disease. Okay. So because we have a genetic. So then for sure. Like this kid's getting celiac. <laughs> yeah. We don't know when, but like. <laughs> I mean, Stuff this kid is just then. poor, my Aww, poor baby is getting yeah. celiac. So, yeah. um, so that's like one thing. Yeah. So there are some like genetic things that yeah. predispose you to celiac. And it's, it's a weird thing, man. So I'm not sure if you know more than I do. I'm, let's be clear. You know more than I do <laughs> about celiac, but I don't know about this specifically, if you have any ideas about this, but in college we learned that a possibility of why certain people get celiac mm-hmm. is because they're in like an altered immune state. So like they have the flu or they're pregnant or something. That's what triggers it. It can trigger it. That triggered it for me. The flu did. Oh, wow. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Well, so what we learned is that during those immunocompromised times, your gap junctions in your small intestine expand mm-hmm. and have larger, basically holes that gluten can get into. And when it gets out of your small intestine into your bloodstream, your body recognizes it as a like um foreign object yeah foreign object and so it starts to attack it so that's what i learned can cause it they're not sure at least they weren't when i was in college which was a while ago but i know that that was one of the things that like could be affecting or causing it in people i think you have the gene or you don't and i think they can test for that too yeah in your genetics but i think from how i understood it was the flu or an illness or something like that can trigger it to start and flare up. Yeah. And for like the symptoms to start. So it can and be so, dormant. And yeah. Yeah. Line. So and like so until I was happens. 21, I didn't really have symptoms. It's probably all that beer, Brooke. It probably was all the beer. <laughs> That's the other thing. Beer has gluten, guys. Oh, I don't know God. if you guys know, but. That was, that is What is it? Hardest. Barley, right? <laughs> it's because of. Well, they, yeah. And wheat. Well, yeah. Beer. And wheat. Whatever. I yeah. don't know anything about beer. I have to say gross. it. That was the worst thing to give up, and to this day, but if you had to choose still... beer or cheese to give up, oh, yeah, wow. I mean, She's I guess really I eat hesitating. cheese. No, I eat cheese every day. I don't drink beer every yeah. day. But 
Um, that was honestly like the hardest thing to give up for me yeah. because I love beer. I like love the taste of beer. I think, See, and I wish sometimes you could just drink all my beer for me I and I'll digest beer. it for you because I hate it so much. Yes. That would be the easiest thing for me to give up. But now bread, good and butter. But now there's good gluten-free beers on the market. Finally, but, when I got diagnosed, all there was was Budweiser Redbridge. Gross. Sorry. It's not that good. I mean, all um, gross, they had no other gluten-free beers and it was very depressed. Now, I mean, so hard apple good. cider, so. Yeah, there's, yeah, I can't do, like, a lot of woodchuck or yeah, right. angry archer and I get sick. Well, yeah. Too sure. Different reason. Um, so, yeah, so I did just want to say, if you think that you have, like, a gluten issue, I would recommend getting with a professional on how to go gluten-free, because there are some intricacies that you just don't want to cut an entire food group out of your diet. Um, that being said... For most people, it takes six to eight weeks to completely get out of your system and maybe even start to see some um, benefits. So, for example, for myself, I have this weird undiagnosable thing where I have pain in in one of my sides, and it has just been so, so persistent, and we can't find any reason for it. So I thought, being a dietitian, that it might have been gluten or lactose, so I cut both out of my diet for eight weeks, which was a long freaking time for me. And nothing changed. So I was able to put it back in my diet. And when it came back in, nothing changed either. So yeah. um, so you can totally do it as an experiment. I wouldn't recommend it unless you have to. There's no medical benefit or health benefit to take it out if you don't have to. So um, yeah, but it's an interesting diet fad that had come to the, especially came to the forefront a few years ago. Yeah. And I feel I like think... people are ignoring it now, but there are still people that are like, I try to stay away from gluten. And the thing is, if you're allergic to gluten... You can't just have a little bit of gluten. <laughs> or you can't, like, try to stay away from it. Like, right. you're going to get sick. Well, just have a bite. Like, no, one bite makes you almost just as sick as gorging on it. Yeah. Although, you're when I was drunk in college, I, I would <laughs> cheat a lot. But that was... <laughs> I was kind of much cheater. younger and stupider than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she never does that I now. Mean, no, I really don't. I think I did it once in the last five years. Yeah. Abby's and I was drinking. Party oh, yeah. Took that piece of pizza I, out yeah, of your mouth. I was drinking. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. But yeah, I think I think in general, like if somebody's like, "Oh, I'm eating gluten free," I think if you're really just cutting out a lot of processed foods and you're yes. sticking to fruits and vegetables, and even like if you have rice or yeah. um, you know, meats and cheese, or I had to add cheese in there, <laughs> um, but like healthy fats, you know, it's not like we need it in our right. diet. So. Totally. To also take that as if you are somebody who's like, I'm going to try eating gluten-free, I wouldn't waste your money right. on like the breads and the expensive things. I would say, okay, like let's just focus on eating things that are naturally gluten-free, which is all fruits and vegetables. Yep. Um, meats, meats. You just got to be a little Typically. careful with like sauces and stuff, but it's not that hard because yeah. you're just really eating real food. So it's not a bad thing, like, right. to cut it out of your diet. But when you're talking about it to people, if you don't have a gluten sensitivity, maybe don't talk about it being gluten-free. Maybe say, oh, I'm cutting back on processed these foods. foods that don't make me feel good, which include processed foods, which yeah. gluten is usually a part of processed foods. But I think there's better ways to go about it. And if it's not all gluten, that is all bad and evil and wrong with the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, I don't know. It's gotten kind of a bad rap, but we just wanted to clear some things up. Get everyone straightened out. So if Jimmy Kimmel comes asking, you'll know what to say. Gluten is, it is protein. a protein. <laughs> yep. So, all right. That's all for us folks. Hope you guys That's enjoyed all, it. That's all, folks. That's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> we need a sign off. So let us know what a good sign off would be.
Yeah, we clearly music. just sing. Oh, uh, yeah. That too. Or we do the South Park. The South Park exit. Um, anyways, thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week. Check out our old episodes. Find us on Instagram at diet.riot.podcast. Or email us if you have any questions or concerns at hello at dietrightpodcast.com. Yes. Um, feel free to rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends. Yeah. I think that's it. Enjoy, <laughs> that's friends. Bye. Bye.